Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Sunday night blessing time together. It's always a special privilege to meet together on Sunday night. Some of us with our church background remember the Sunday night services, but that's another journey into history. So here we're meeting on this point of time to talk about the current and uh, active words of God, prophecies he's given us, and scriptures that we stand upon and believe, and the hope of his calling in our life. Without that, we really are a ship without a rudder. I grieve when I see people around me in the news or reports of some sort that have no rudder in their life just breaks my heart and it's what propels me to do what I am doing and to do what I've done the majority of my life and that is to awaken people to their destiny to call on them to remember who their God is and that he sent them here for a purpose so we're going to talk about that today again amen and thank you for subscribing to our YouTube and liking us on Facebook and thumbs up and all the good stuff. Hallelujah. Well, Acts 20 and 24 is Paul's um, statement that he's given to the, to the leaders, you know, the political leaders, ones that, the ones that have him in uh, their custody at this time. And I just want to ask you a couple of questions today for you to mull over or to think about in your journey. And it has to do with your destiny and your purpose. Why are you on this earth? And what is the reason God put you here at this time and season. Now, when I was younger, I suppose much younger, I would have liked to have been a cowboy in the 1800s. And of course, I'm watching those uh, movies from the comfort of my of my front room at the time, not realizing that those special pioneer type people didn't have the comforts of life that we enjoy. <laughs> Amen. They were they didn't live long either. The average life span in the mid 1800s was what 35 40 years. So we look back and say, well, I'd like to be there, I'd like to be that, but God had a different purpose. So what is the destiny of your life and what why are you on this earth at this particular time now we can just you know the people around us everywhere we look throw a stone and you'll hit somebody that's a victim and um, they're a victim because they have been educated by uh, uh, those in authority that you're either an oppressor or a victim There's only two types of people on the earth now, according to our modern educators. And the oppressors change with the season. Uh, In at one time, the oppressor was the uh, was the rich and powerful. 
And that's how that's how communism used it in the you know the turn of the, this century with with the uh, with the Russian Revolution in the 1917, I think it was. It was the rich and the powerful. We've got to tear them down and get rid of them. Well, now the the oppressor is a, a skin color, and they're they're you know they'll call you out if you're that particular skin color oppressor or a national color. You could be from a certain nation, and now you're the oppressor, and the rest of the people are victims. Victims have a wide variety of things they can be victimized in. I uh, wrote a little piece for this broadcast today and listed some of my victimhood experience. And being a little tongue-in-cheek, cheek perhaps hopefully a little humorous, to point out the things that we suffer from and that we can claim as being a victim of the oppressor. <laughs> well, I was oppressed. I had to mow the lawn. I was oppressed by, you know, my oppressor was my mother and she made me work and she made me do the dishes and I had to make my bed. I was oppressed. Well, you're here, you'll hear that now. And in this current age, you can sue your parents. You can change your name. You can get divorced from them at a, at an early age. I mean, way down in your young, young years and become an independent person. Why? Because of the spirit of rebellion that is trying to eat us alive as a society. Okay, enough bad news. Why am I not a victim now? Well, I'm not a victim now because I met Jesus and he delivered me from that foolishness because he said, I am more than a conqueror. So let's read, uh, let's read this verse in, uh, in Acts 20. 24. This is Paul. But none of these things move me. Now, <laughs> he had a lot of a list of things that were against him. He uh, <clears throat> he suffered shipwreck. He was whipped on his body and his back multiple times, different different occasions with many stripes. He suffered shipwreck. He was stoned. All kinds of all kinds of ugly things. Now, I've been persecuted. Somebody didn't like me. I was persecuted. Well, they criticized my sermon. <laughs> you know? Get the point? And Jesus said, we haven't, we haven't suffered under blood yet. Well, that's the martyr, isn't it? That's the one that we honor and talk about and love, but don't want to be. We don't want to be a martyr. We want to we want to be in victory, and we want to have everybody like us. <laughs> yeah, okay. Join the crowd, folks. When you stand up for truth, when you stand up for righteousness, expect the arrows coming in, <laughs> as they say, incoming. Why? Because we are soldiers standing up for God's kingdom. And there is there is opposition. Now, when I when we say that that the battle is won, we know that because Jesus won the battle. But as I said a few weeks ago, where the mop up crew were coming in and taking the spoils, but there is resistance by those <clears throat> spirits, 
and spiritual beings and spiritual personalities called principalities and powers that do not want to give up their position. So we, as sons of God, we are delegated sons of God to the earth. Get it? We are delegated to the earth for the purpose of doing what Adam was called to do and Jesus fulfilled. That is, subdue, dominate, and multiply, and cultivate, and bring Eden, the spirit of Eden, the things in Eden, into the earth's atmosphere. You see, Eden was a transition point. It was the place where the spiritual engine was working. That's where God moved with Adam and interacted with him. That's where the, the, uh, the other sons of God that came and went out of that, uh, that connection called Eden. And Eden then was to be taken into the earth. Now, this is where Matthew 6 comes in. Thy will be done in heaven. That's the Eden. That's the spiritual. That's the heavenlies as it is in earth, on earth rather, as it is in heaven. So we then, as sons of God, just like Adam, have been given a commission, and that is to bring heaven, the things of the spirit, and bring them into the things of the earth. <laughs> ah, pretty good, huh? All right. But none of these things will move me, neither do I esteem my, li my life dear to myself. If only I may finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have obtained. So there's two things. You and I have a course to fulfill. Do you know what that is? Do you know what your purpose is in life and why, what the course is? It's not complicated. And I know that I could put a, a, sh a shingle out, as they say. I am this. Well, I've done it for so many years. I could claim being my course in life, you know, is what I've been doing for all these years. But what's the journey you're on? If you're in a marriage with children, it's obvious, isn't it? You've been called to raise up a generation of children that love the Lord and love each other and love you and love God and so forth. That would be the, sim the, the simple course you're on. Others may be called into politics or called into the business world or called into the ministry world. And in that you have a course of revelation and understanding and application and um, standing by your stuff and doing the will of God. And then he goes on to say that he's, he's had a ministry dropped on him, obtained by the Lord, of the Lord, and he, uh, he was grateful for it and loved God for it. So he had, he had a course he was on and he had a ministry to fulfill. All of us have the ministry of reconciliation, bringing men and women back to God. That's not just through preaching the gospel from a pulpit, having a pastoral work, or being an evangelist. That's being a son and daughter of God. Now, look me in the eyes. <laughs> here we go, right here. You are as much a son of God, a daughter of God, a child of God, as the most popular well-known, beloved, superstar preacher you've ever seen. 
Now, if that's that's a, that's just an example or a you know a comparison, don't use the preacher if you don't want. But I'm telling you, whatever spiritual idol you have, and we we shouldn't have them, but we do. You are as valuable in the place God put you, because without you in that place, there would be a vacuum, and there would be a missing link. I was called as a uh, well, according to my mother and dad, in, in the mother's in my mother's womb, they knew I was going to be a preacher, and they they told me that they prophesied that to me, and then the prophets prophesied it. I had the witness; I always knew it. Now. I wanted to be a uh, real a famous one, obviously. And as a teenager, that's what you want to be, the biggest and the best. <laughs> Everybody's going to know about me. Well, after we get scrubbed a bit, and, <laughs> and the Lord scrubs that, that attitude out, we realize we're working for the king, not ourselves. <clears throat> I wanted to be, uh, Earl Roberts was my my hero, my favorite, and uh, T.L. Osborne, and you know all those men that were out there breaking ground and healing the sick and raising the dead. Well, what'd that do? That spurred me on. It caused me to seek God. It caused me to find my, you know, find my place in the in the course and the journey. Well, those particular veins never developed. Why? Because God had a particular course for me. And that course went in and involved in places that Or Roberts would never or could never go. Teal Osborne wasn't called to where I was called. He wasn't in the world I was in. He wasn't in the family groups and the and the you know the vein of society that God put me in. And without me being in that vein of society, there would have been a vacuum. And a voice would have been missing, and there have been people along the way. <laughs> I'll know about it in heaven, I know, and I believe it here on earth. There are people along the way that have been absolutely transformed, and their life went on to impact people that I'll never know about. I I draw strength from that. Now I've given this example, but we uh, we did a, a a couple of weeks in um, in uh, a revival in um, Sepulveda, California, in the hippie days. It was the early 70s, maybe 70, 71. There was a church there that had a powerful revival in the hippie movement, and it was just jam full of hippies in full regalia. I mean, they were, and you could tell when they came in. All right. Some years later, I met one of them. He said, I got saved in your meetings, and I have one on the streets, 4,000 people to the Lord. Whoa! I said, go for it. I thought to myself, thank you, Jesus. I went to Sepulveda, California, and you used me to bring that evangelist to the Lord. You see, that's the kind of trophies that we get to hang up or put on our, our mantle. When God reveals someone that has been infected by the gospel as a spiritual virus and changes their life. Amen. Amen. I told you about the pastor in Rainier that uh, tells this testimony 
of being in the camp meeting when he was 13. I prophesied over him. He said he was laying on the sawdust. He says, I want a ministry like George Watkins. Well, I'd, I'd been preaching camp, you know, and that's, that's hot Pentecostal territory, prophesying and praying for people. Well, today he's doing that and much more. I prophesied over him, told him he was going to he was going to have a ministry that was going to be an ap apostolic to pastors, and he's doing that. So, what does that do for me? It, it tells me that I've been on course and I'm fulfilling my ministry. Well, you say, good for you. You've you know you're way down the line. You're a <laughs> you're a senior. I'm just starting out. How do I know it'll work for me? Well, that's your journey. You've got to fellowship the Lord, listen to the Lord. Nobody can tell you what you're called to. You have to hear it and know it. Oh, you'll get prophetic word. Somebody will lay hands on you and say something. But if there's not a witness, if you don't feel the Holy Ghost in the thing, give it back to the Lord and say, Father, run this and buy me again. I'm not feeling good about this. You know, give me the witness on it. Now, what is a witness? Well, Perfect peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall move them. Peace in the journey is the most important thing you can maintain. Amen. Peace in the journey. Look at this here. I may finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have obtained of, I have obtained of, entrusted to me by the Lord, faithfully to attest the good news of his unmerited favor and his mercy. Well, on this Sunday afternoon or evening, we're talking about a course we're on. Why did God put you on this earth? Now, <clears throat> the earth is the perfect place. It's the perfect atmosphere to bring us to maturity. He put us on this globe because this is where we develop into our sonship. This is where we develop into that word we call sons of God. Now, you understand in, in Psalms 82, it gives us a snapshot of the sons of God. And there are and there's a spiritual group in heaven, in the heavenlies rather, in the spiritual world called sons of God. And there's a earthly group, you and I call sons of God. So in both realms, God has sons of God. They do the same thing. They work the kingdom. They work the, they work the fields. They do the will of the master, which is Yahweh, our Lord, our, our King of kings and Lord of lords. The Lord of hosts is his call. So you and I are in that group, and we have been put on this earth so that the pressure of this world will bring us to maturity. Amen. Amen. I guarantee if you sit on the couch spiritually, you'll become fat and lazy and you'll have no muscle tone. If you do it naturally, the same thing happens. But if you're sitting on the couch without any kind of pushing, you know, pressure coming, challenges of faith, people you minister to, people that you are irritated by but you you love them how what what happens when that happens? my muscle of love begins to exercise 
Amen. You put people or people around you and say, I want everybody around me. I don't want anybody hate me now. Everybody loving me. Okay, that's good for a break, like a vacation. But the real world, you will have trouble. Why? Because it exercises you unto godliness. <laughs> Isn't that good news? Amen. Oh, God, send me trouble so I can be godly. No, you don't have to pray for trouble. Trouble just rolls down the road. And we have the opportunity to live in victory. Yea, none of these things move me, Paul said. None of these things, all the whipping and the persecution and the ugly talk, none of it moved me off my course and out of my ministry. I encourage you today, whatever place you're in and whatever God's place, whatever God's called you to be, be faithful to it. The rewards do come. Amen. Someday you'll grow up and be like me. <laughs> I heard you laughing out there. That's okay. That was a joke. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Laughter is a great medicine. And I'll tell you, laughter, humor will get you through a lot of difficulties in your life with with all kinds of circumstances. Oh man, well we're not gonna talk on on <laughs> on marriage and life itself tonight. Oh my, got myself laughing here. Okay. Well, let's pray together on this Sunday night. Father, I just release a sense of purpose that perhaps uh, there's some listening that don't seem to be able to grab a hold of a purpose. But Lord, let them meet Jesus. And as they meet Jesus with the power of the Holy Spirit, as they begin to hear the love voice and the love language of heaven, they'll begin to realize who they are and why they're here and what their course of life and their ministry is. Lord, I would just release them into that cocoon of peace so you can minister grace and help in the time of need. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I love Sunday nights. I love you being here with me. Thank you for your communication back to me. I see some of your names pop up and I rejoice when I see you. Others are coming and going. I know you're there. You're maybe a little shadowy, but I thank you for coming by and tuning in. I pray for you. And I, I just love being involved in this stage of my life with those that are on the on the channel with me. We're on a podcast in a, several different levels, uh, plat, platforms rather, uh, Podbeam. We're on uh, Spotify and iHeart. And um, so tune into some of those, put them on your phone and keep us close at hand so we can speak a good word into your life. When you uh, subscribe to YouTube, be sure and hit that bell. That'll tell you when we're on again. Amen. Until tomorrow morning, we'll start the day off. I'm going to get back into the book of Romans. We'll talk some more about that great chapter of Romans on no condemnation to them which are in Christ. Amen. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he overshadow you with his grace and empower you to do the will of his purposes.